Support for this podcast comes from Broadbean, a smart, innovative global recruitment technology business which helps recruiters to reach candidates in a fast, effective and efficient way. I recently spoke with their client, James Purvis, head of talent acquisition at CERN, to find out what he loves about Broadbean. What I love about Broadbean is the ability to take decisions based on data. So instead of having to believe what the vendors provide you in terms of their information of how many candidates they're going to bring to you, um, you can really use the metrics of the tool to understand how many of the clicks turn into applications, how many of those applicants turn into interviews and how many become higher. So it's all about evaluating the quality and not just the quantity. To find out more, go to www.broadbean.com. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 37 of the Recruiting Future podcast. For this first episode of the new year, I'm delighted to bring you an interview with the fantastic John Vlastalika from Recruiting Toolbox. John is the former director of recruiting of a number of famous tech businesses and is passionate about building better engagement between recruiters and hiring managers. Here are his thoughts. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Recruiting Future podcast interview. My guest this week is John Vastalika. Hi, John. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Matt? Yeah, very good indeed. Very good indeed. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself, what what you do, um, and how you get to do, how you've got to do it? Sure. Uh, I started in uh, recruitment on the corporate side and uh, worked at some some kind of brand name companies here in Seattle, Washington, where I'm based. Uh, worked at Amazon.com for six years, was hired there at 28 to build and run the tech recruiting function for a company that became just a monster of a company, and uh, was the head of global recruiting at Expedia. And so I come from the corporate side. I spent uh, about 10 years in kind of recruiting leadership roles and about 10 years now uh, leading a consulting and training firm called Recruiting Toolbox. And we are not headhunters. We don't do contract recruiting. We don't sell anything other than consulting services to help companies improve their recruiting capabilities. So we do work around sourcing strategy, process, hiring manager toolkits, branding. And then uh, about two-thirds of our business the last few years has been training. And we build custom hands-on training programs for hiring managers, for interviewers, uh, recruiters, and recruiting leaders. So get to do a lot of interesting work with a lot of interesting companies. Now, one of the things that you're, um, that you're known for and that you, you present on a lot, that you write a lot, you, you, you kind of mentioned it in the introduction, is um, the, the, the whole consulting around uh, how recruiters engage with hiring managers. Why is that such a key topic for you? When I, when I look at the, the recruiting teams that are most amazing, that are most effective, that have the best metrics, the best outcomes uh, for their companies, I got to be honest, I don't want to take anything away from great recruiters because there's no question great recruiters are differentiators for companies. But it's typically even more uh, because the hiring managers are engaged. And they're not, they don't just show up to work engaged. It's often because the recruiters are really good at getting the hiring managers engaged. But hiring manager engagement is really the secret sauce to great recruiting. It's, it's really what drives speed. It's what drives quality. And that's really what the organization cares most about. And so I'm very passionate about this topic because, frankly, I've worked at organizations 
uh, as a practitioner that, that haven't had that. And, and I didn't know that I didn't have it until I went to a company that had it and I helped to build it. And uh, once you have it, it makes your life it's, it's just awesome. It's it's fantastic as a recruiter, and and the business, the the kind of getting up and being excited about going to work every day. The business when they're engaged, it just it makes our jobs so much more fun. It 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 allows us to create a, a totally different kind of candidate experience. It allows us to attract and source totally different kind of talent than if it's just you know the the recruiter struggling every day to pitch resumes at a disengaged hiring manager who's just waiting for everything on a silver platter who doesn't follow up and give you feedback who doesn't you know take interviews seriously who doesn't get involved in the close that's that's just not fun i mean it's part of our job so welcome to recruiting you're always going to have some like that but the more hiring managers you can turn into partners that you can get engaged the better for everyone everyone wins when that happens i know it's something that is is a problem for um a lot of in-house recruiters that that they 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 don't have that 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 level of engagement and 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 maybe they don't have the right the right steps to the right steps to build it what what would you say the sort of the the, the key things are to uh, to kind of improving those relationships to building those relationships to getting the kind of outcomes that you've just uh, that you've just mentioned I joke a lot about this and talk about how to manipulate hiring managers. <laughs> I use the word manipulate more for, you know, for comedic effect. Um, but, but influence, having the, the skills to influence managers to get them engaged is key. And I'll tell you one of, the, one of the things, or several things, but one of the things that I think is most important is when we're trying to engage managers in the recruitment process, it's really important that you, you know how to frame things so it doesn't sound like you're passing tasks to the manager. One of the things that I think great recruiting leaders do in particularly well, is that they're able to engage managers around the things that managers care about. If I'm trying to influence you, Matt, I need to know what your motivators are. I need to, I need to not just speak the language of the business, but I need to know what's important to you. And if I'm completely pitching this as something that helps, helps me in my job and doesn't sound like it's helping you in your job, I'm not going to get very far in trying to get you to change your behaviors, right? So one of the primary things we talk about is how do you, how do, you do one of two things? How do you speak to the pain? If managers, hiring managers are not in pain, if they don't have pain, if they don't perceive they have pain, if they're feeling like, hey, recruiting's going okay, I'm happy with the level of talent I'm getting, I'm happy with positions staying open over 100 days, I'm fine with the fact that I'm losing candidates through the process, which I'm being a little bit sarcastic when I say that, but I've heard managers that just aren't engaged, that just don't seem to care that much. There's no, there's no real risk to them. There's, there seems like there's always candidates, maybe they hire a lot of internals, they convert contractors, whatever. Those are really hard to, to, to engage with. Those are really hard to influence. Most managers however, hiring managers have pain. And, and if you can speak to the pain, if you can highlight the pain, if you can even press the pain button on them a little bit, that helps. And when you're the, the second thing is when you're trying to influence them, if you're speaking the language of speed and quality, you're speaking the language of the hiring manager. When you're talking about compliance, process, cost, even things like source of hire, they just don't care. If you deliver speed and quality, you're winning. If you're not delivering speed and quality, you're not. And so everything you're trying to get them to do should be tied back to what they care about, which is speed and quality. And you know, we've we've had the opportunity in ten years to talk to thousands of hiring managers across the globe. Uh, when we talk to hiring managers in focus groups, when we're in the room training them, that's what they tell us over and over and over again across industries, across geographies. Is speed and quality is what they want. So when I'm trying to engage a manager to do something, I need to help them see how this is going to help them get better talent faster. And I know that sounds basic, but it's amazing when we do training with recruiters and recruiting leaders, and we do scenarios and we do role plays. Very few recruiters have really mastered that skill. It's, it's, it's not 
it's not that it's hard. It's just it's not how sometimes our brains are oriented. We're we're just more likely to talk about what's important to us and frame it maybe a little too much in the you know this is the process you have to do this because this is the you know compliance says we have to tick this box or whatever. When you really focus in on that speed and quality, managers are now leaning into the conversation as opposed to leaning away. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. Uh, what do you think the um, you obviously sort of did talk there about um, framing the conversation and um, you know understanding um, the manager's pain points. What 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 other mistakes do you think recruiters make in this area? I think there's a lot of uh, I think there's I, I mentioned one of these you know source of hire. I think one of the things that recruiters sometimes fail to do is to is to take metrics or information that's important to the proper running of a recruiting function and share those publicly as if they matter a lot to hiring managers. And one of the things that you know I get a little bit repetitive, but it's just so important. One of the things that I I say to folks all the time is you know managers are not going to be getting in our business. They're not going to want to see reports and metrics and details if we're delivering speed and quality. When managers, hiring managers, start asking for reports and detailed status updates, it's typically because we're not delivering speed and quality. So one of the mistakes I see is that there, there becomes this defensive posture between the recruiter and the hiring manager. When a hiring manager starts asking a lot of questions, recruiters get defensive and start producing reports. And I think the the reports we produce are often not, again, framed around what the manager cares most about. They're, they're generic status reports. There's source of hire, average time to fill numbers. None of that stuff is language the manager cares about. What the manager cares about is one metric and one metric only, and that's hires versus plan. How are we doing relative to the plan, to the target, to the expectation you, you set for me? And when it feels like we're delivering quality talent quickly and we're on track on that plan, managers back off. They're not micromanaging us. They're not in our space. Because recruiters don't set it up the right way at the beginning of the conversation to set the expectation with the manager that basically, without sounding stupid and telling them what they're supposed to care about, you kind of assume, and you probably rightly assume, that they care about hires versus plan and they care about speed and quality. Instead of getting that conversation started with a focus on those two things, they end up kind of opening up you know, everything to the manager. And then the manager, some managers just get curious. Well, I'd, I'd like to know. Managers don't care about speed and quality or don't care about uh, source of hire. And when we've talked to hiring managers you know, again, all over the place, you know, if you can run a job advert and you can get, you know, good quality candidates from a simple free posting on a local job board, um, they don't care. As long as the candidate's good and you got it to them quickly, they don't care. They, they don't, they don't need to see the, the pyrotechnic, you know, Boolean search string that's behind this. They don't need to know that you direct source. They don't really care if you're using low hanging fruit as long as you're getting them the quality they want and the speed. But that's not what we talk about within our industry. We talk about their industry as you're not a real recruiter unless you're a direct sourcing machine and passive candidates are better than active candidates and really active candidates suck is what we talk about in our industry. I mean, hiring managers don't think that. Uh, they, they just don't, they don't, they just care about quality quickly, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, that um, yeah, I, I can, can completely agree with you. I, I think one of the, one of the other interesting things is it, whenever I'm talking to companies about uh, things like, well, no, about candidate experience, um, hiring managers are always kind of blamed as being the, the, the people who sort of ruin, ruin candidate experience. And, uh, you know, um, yeah, obviously, uh, the, the best recruiters are trying to sort of take ownership and influence in, in, in that, in that process. What would be your advice for influencing and engaging with hiring managers around candidate experience improvement? 
You know, there's a there's a few things. One, I think hiring managers. Well, I'll, I'll 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 set this up by just saying misalignment is the root of all evil in recruiting. It is absolutely the root of all evil in recruiting. And so, one of the ways you create better candidate experience is for the hiring manager to help create alignment on his or her interviewing team and alignment between you know him or her and the recruiter. And so, it sounds really basic, but just getting everyone on the same page on what good looks like, just defining our hiring bar, um, has a huge impact on candidate experience. We do candidate experience projects for companies where we'll do you know secret shopper, we'll audit kind of their their candidate experience. We've been judges for candidate experience awards. We've you know, I've done presentations, keynotes at conferences on this topic many years ago before it became kind of the the new thing. And and one of the things I, I talk about all the time is you know one of the primary things we hear from candidate focus groups that we do and from these projects that we do is that candidates that will run for the hills if they come in and sense that you know the interviewing team is not on the same page that success is not well defined for this role and so i think when you when you talk to hiring managers about the importance of getting their team aligned if you phrase it the right way and the, the language i usually use is we could really use your leadership on this um, versus just saying hey it's critical we have a great candidate experience look at glassdoor look at all this data we talk about using their leadership which is a manipulative phrase but it's very effective getting them to engage and lead around this and talk about the importance of getting them on the same page with their team. And depending on your process and your culture, getting the hiring manager aligned with his or her manager, because that person can often sweep in and, you know, step in and all of a sudden change, you know, what they're looking for. No, we need an MBA from a, you know, pedigreed school and that's really important to us or they have to have a computer science degree versus not having a computer science degree, whatever it is. Um, getting really good alignment is, is one way to do that. And I think that's an area where we have you know, huge opportunity. Um, I'm working with a client right now on their on their interviewing process. We do a lot of work around that, and it's really interesting because when we did focus group conversations with a company, uh, we talked to hiring managers, interviewers, candidates, executives, but we're talking to some recent hires, and they said it was really interesting because the interviewing model, the process that was used, looked nothing like what it's actually like to work here. And, and I said, what do you mean? And they said, well, you know, in the interview, it was a lot of the interviewer asks a question, we provide an answer, they write notes, the interviewer asks another question, we provide an answer, the interviewer says, go to the whiteboard, map this out, we do it. You know, they they write it down. They maybe ask some clarifying questions. When you actually work here, it's incredibly collaborative. There, there's rarely a situation where you're engaging with someone else where you're not partnering on a problem solve, where it's not one person asking another person for something. Or, you know, it's not like someone throws something over the wall, you work on it, and then you throw it back over the wall. People do paired programming, for example. People are working in small, agile teams. It's all about the team. And, and the interviewing process did not reflect that at all. And so one of the other things that, that you can do is to help hiring managers understand how we can create an interviewing process, as an example, that better reflects the reality of working here, which will also help candidates kind of on the selling side. It'll help candidates understand what they're getting into, what they're walking into, what it's really like to work here. It can be an incredibly helpful sales tactic for the right kind of candidate. And just as importantly, it can be a, a kind of a detractor for the wrong kind of candidate. Some candidates will opt out of that and not like that they come into interview and it's not a traditional, you know, canned interview, you know, I ask you canned questions, you answer with canned answers. Um, they won't like how collaborative it is. They won't like someone sitting next to them. They don't want to do paired programming. They don't want to get feedback real time during their interview on how they're doing or have someone try and help improve things. You can start to see kind of how the, the interviewing process itself can become a good preview into what it's like to actually work there. And managers, they, they get that. Smart ones really get that. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense, and I uh, completely get the um, the the bit around the kind of the authenticity of the uh, of the of the experience. Um, in terms of um, hiring manager engagement, who's who's doing this really really well? What 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 great examples have you seen seen out there of this in practice? What's interesting about engagement is I don't think companies actually do anything really well. There's there's individual recruiters and recruiting leaders and teams that are doing this really well. So um, I gave some examples recently at the HR Tech Conference in Paris. I did a keynote session on on this very topic, which is kind of the secret sauce to great recruiting, which is this engagement thing. And I gave some examples of some companies that are doing things well. T-Mobile, uh, which U.S. headquarters are based here in Seattle, where I am. One of the things that um, they've done is they've put together uh, – bring your own referral parties uh, with new hires. And the idea being that you show up to a meeting, uh, we maybe have an executive buy pizza for everyone, you sit around the room with some new hires. And rather than just describing the employee referral program and you know, having the poster and pray approach, which is where you just, you know, put up posters about employee referrals and hope people are every morning going in and checking your crappy career site and searching through all the open jobs and making referrals. You actually solicit referrals from people who've been recently hired who are more likely to still be connected to the outside world. Um, and you do it, you, you bribe them with pizza as a start. And you also have the executive talk about how how each one of them fits into the organization and where we have the greatest hiring needs. So it feels more like a business-led conversation than having your employer, you know, referral program manager come in or recruiter come in and say, please tell us who you know. Um, that's an example. We had um, uh, worked with Groupon, uh, which is Chicago-based, but is all over the world now. And one of the things that one of the recruiting leaders did there is they did a they did LinkedIn um, in-mail campaigns and they actually wrote them from the hiring manager or got the hiring manager managers to send out pre-written uh, LinkedIn in-mails. And this is a fairly common practice now. They found they had a 3 to 5x better response rate. That took a recruiter sitting down with hiring managers and showing them what kind of responses or more importantly, lack of responses they were getting when they sent out messages as a recruiter and then showing them what kind of responses they can get. Um, and, and by writing it, by making it easy managers just did it. Like if you make it easy, they'll do it. Um, Yahoo, we worked with for many years and Yahoo had hiring teams um, invest in one week sourcing sprints where they were under a lot of pain. The CEO needed them to ramp up, you know, their mobile team, for example, and and they would pull people out of the business and put them in a in kind of a war room and they would sit them down and they would have, you know, they'd feed them, they would engage with them, laptops open, Everyone is sourcing. Numbers are on the whiteboard. It's real time. It's now. People are responding back. There's schedulers running to get things scheduled. Um, phenomenal sourcing sprint uh, ROI uh, from this. Now, it took a lot of engagement to get to that, and it took some pain to get to that. And it wasn't just because recruiting was under-resourced. It was because they could, they could do it faster. They could get better quality talent faster through sourcing sprints, and they were able to demonstrate it in a pilot and then expand it to other teams. Those are some examples. Are those good good examples for you? Yeah, thank you. That's uh, that's 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 great. You you mentioned um, you mentioned Paris there, and I know you've been doing a lot of uh, traveling in the last few few weeks, and probably probably for most of the year, I would imagine. D- do you notice any sort of key differences um, in different countries uh, when it comes to this kind of thing? 
Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, there's no question that, you know, so about half our clients are tech and there's no question, this is not a geography thing, but I'll, I'll say that Seattle, where I live, Silicon Valley, Boston, some of the major tech hubs in the U.S., I notice there's a much, much higher level of engagement with hiring managers compared to non-tech companies in, in the U.S. Um, there's more pain around that. There's more visibility. Frankly, the impact one software engineer can make on, on an organization is much higher. When I go outside the U.S., uh, for example, I was in Moscow uh, a couple months ago. Uh, I was in you know, Amsterdam, obviously Paris, you mentioned London. When I'm doing travels, I was in Abu Dhabi a few years ago, Sydney, and I'm around. I, I don't see that same level of engagement. Some of that is because there isn't the, the same pain. Some of it is because the in-house recruiter and the hiring manager still depend a lot on outside third-party agency recruiters. Um, but I don't see that level of engagement except in pockets of, of tech outside the U.S., uh, what I've seen more traditionally is that kind of customer service orient, oriented recruiter, a little bit more of a people pleaser recruiter. Sometimes it's an HR generalist slash recruiter who is just trying to do their best to juggle a million things. And there isn't really the process leadership. There really isn't the level of engagement, not because managers aren't willing to do it. They just they haven't been sold on the idea yet. So that's an example of something I see that that feels different, and it's it's hard to get geography specific. I wouldn't want to generalize and say you know Russians are like this and Brits are like this and Parisians are like that, but um, but I, I do definitely see some differences just generally in in the overall kind of view on what is the role of the recruiter, what is the role of the hiring manager, and I think it's probably closest to what I'm describing in the U.S. in the tech hubs and outside the tech hubs in the U.S. Even it's it's a little more traditional. Yeah, I, I, I think that that makes sense. I've I've just done a, a big bit of research into in, into tech tech recruitment, and I think it's uh, you know it, it kind of gets driven driven slightly differently. Definitely. Um, final question: what What can we sort of expect of twenty sixteen? What have you uh, What have you got on your radar in terms of um, trends and the way that the industry might move forward? That's a good question. Uh, there's there's a few things I think. Um, I think you know that this is a basic thing, but it's it's interesting. You know, there there was so much consolidation in the applicant tracking system space and. Oracle and IBM and others, you know, buying up everything. Um, I'm seeing a lot of these, you know, smaller firms, the the greenhouse smart recruiters, Lever, um, that are taking business away from very frustrated talent acquisition leaders and introducing much more collaborative, kind of like what I've been talking about, more collaborative uh, model. The tool not only supports but encourages more collaboration between hiring managers, interviewers, and the recruiter. And so I, it's not that that's a new thing. <laughs> Excuse me, but I think it's something that we're going to see a lot more of in 2016 is people kind of getting rid of their existing traditional kind of rec resume based model and moving to something that's much more collaborative, has much better uh, interview tracking um, tools kind of built in. Um, I also think there's you know this this movement of kind of along those lines and on on our topic here of just having managers own more. Uh, Managers, I don't know who told hiring managers about passive candidates and pipelines, but managers know this language now. And it kind of pisses me off because that was kind of our our secret to use that language. And now now hiring managers, you know, are like, you know, we want pipelines. I'm like, what is a pipeline to you? I I don't know, but I want one, you know, and that's that's a little (laughs) bit of the orientation. We want passive candidates. Why? Because they're better. Who told you that? Lou Adler. I'm like, great. Thanks, Lou. Um, but there's a lot of focus on this, 
you know, the hiring managers are now seeing further into the funnel. They're, they're asking deeper questions. They're getting access to better data. They're, they're grabbing hold of the reins from recruiting teams that are not doing enough. And I think we're going to continue to see that. And I think one of the challenges we're going to have, I had this challenge at, at Amazon. Uh, I was there for six years and uh, we had the most engaged hiring manager community I've ever seen in my life to this day uh, at scale. I've seen small little startups have it, but I've never seen a company at scale have it. And it's really interesting how you have to be really careful because you don't want to completely let go of the reins. You know, you don't want hiring managers creating their own university programs <laughs> and going on campuses that you don't even know about, which, by the way, happened to me. Um, you don't necessarily want... Uh, uh, hiring managers, you know, buying their own uh, job board licenses, which happened to me. Um, you don't want hiring managers hiring their own contract recruiters that live outside of recruiting, which happened to me. Um, so when you take this whole engagement thing and it goes a little bit too far, um, you can end up with some kind of crazy, crazy outcomes. Uh, I do think that that is the direction things are heading, though, is I think more and more of the tools, more and more of the discussions are around how do we fully leverage hiring managers and interviewers and employees around recruitment, create a culture of recruitment. And I feel like that is something that is that has been kind of coming together the last few years and will start to really crystallize in 2016. And I think a lot of the new tools that are out there are going to enable that. John, thank you very much for talking to me. You're welcome. Yeah, great talking to you, Matt. My thanks to John Vlastalika. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can listen to past episodes, subscribe to the mailing list, and find out more about me at www.rfpodcast.com. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week, and I hope you'll join me. This is my show. <laughs>